I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I get, you know, me, I'm so ADD. I, Ooh, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> but squirrel. what happens is. Where'd it go? Which way? and welcome back to another episode of The Cloud Whispers. My name's David Broussard. And my name is Brian Cheatham. Awesome. Brian, how are you doing these days? I am doing excellent, David. Thank you for asking. Thank you for I'm glad asking. to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. You know, it has been so hot lately. I mean, <laughs> it has been really, really hot. We we went for a walk a couple of days ago at, at 9.30 at night and the the humid temp, the, the 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 feel right was over a hundred. It was one hundred and four yep. degrees. It was yeah. ninety four degrees, and it felt like one hundred and four. And even with a strong wind in our faces, it was brutal. But yeah. you know, eh, you know, that's it's just kind been of like that for months. Been like that for months. It, it is, it's but a, we are getting a cold front. Yes, our highs are going to be in the low eighties. Yep. You know, yep. for I'll the be, next I'll week, be sneezing. So. I'll be sneezing for uh, four days probably. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome so brian what have you been up to lately so you speak of hot weather <laughs> uh-huh. um i had my first uh rv experience i actually went to rvshare.com and rented a basically a trailer rv that could oh, cool. be pulled behind my mid-sized truck <laughs> oh. so Nathan, nathan robert if you're out there i, I don't have one like yours <laughs> it's not a gooseneck <laughs> Uh, boy, boy, so those are, now those those are those are classy those goosenecks. Oh man, and they've got the the pop out sides and all that. I mean, they've got all kinds of crazy. It just it's it turns into a little mini house, you know. And um, I've seen pictures of the inside inside of uh, Nathan's, and it's nothing compared to what we had. You know, we we wow. had a smaller one that we could pull behind the truck, but you know the the heat was 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 hot <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hot as hot could be in an rv and we had a we did have an air conditioner and that's one of the reasons for getting the rv um i didn't really have to worry about leveling and doing all that kind of stuff we had a smaller right. refrigerator that that uh, would uh, actually power up pretty quickly um and cool pretty quickly uh, but yeah I, I had that whole experience and the ac was uh was since the rv wasn't level the AC was condensating Uh-oh. and it would trickle down this, this little narrow part of the cabinetry or whatever inside right above where my wife and I were sleeping. So in the middle of the <laughs> night, we were getting these drips right in the middle of the forehead. <laughs> oh my, um, that, that, that sounds, yeah, that sounds was, like way too much fun. It was overall, it was an incredible trip, but there were just some, uh, you know, little annoyances that, uh, Better than a tent, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's no way. It it was so hot. I mean, uh, unbelievably hot. But, you know, along with the the RV experience, you know, you've got the experience itself of being out there sitting by the campfire and all that sort of stuff. But then you go and you think about the things like backing the RV into the spot, um, backing a trailer up that you don't do a lot very often. I haven't done that Uh in a long time. Oh my. And then finally, you know, the um, the dumping 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The dumping. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. You know, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you gotcha. the gory details, but uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, that's fun. That's fun. That 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 sounds like you guys had a good time though. So yeah, so when, the rest is this. Would you do it again? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Okay. So that, that that that's cool. I would. I think it'd be interesting to try it. We've always been like, you know, look. When I was growing up, vacations were travel and stay with relatives. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, you know, there, there's a certain there's a certain ambiance to that, right? When you go stay with your grandmother for, for a couple of months in the summertime, kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, I I think it'd be cool to be able to go out and, and do that kind of thing. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, how about you? Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Think? So so we actually watch some TV. Uh, we haven't watched any TV pretty much since the uh, pandemic started. I mean, we finished out the seasons of all the shows we've watched, but once they stopped, we just haven't watched anything. And um, we actually watched the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, about the Bulls' sixth championship yeah. season and Michael Jordan's last season with the Bulls uh, and Phil Jackson's last season with the Bulls. They, they broke that team up afterwards. And it yep. was, I mean, you know, look, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was married by then, but, but we, you know, I really got into following the NBA about yeah. 80, 87, 88. Um, and by the That's by the nineties, I mean, it was, we, yeah. we were we were huge Spurs fans, and and of course the next year, uh, the the ninety nine ninety eight ninety nine season was the Spurs first championship, right? So right. it was really kind of you know the, the, this was kind of the the end of the end of the Michael Jordan era was just absolutely amazing, and this documentary is just absolutely yeah. top notch. Uh, yeah. If you like Very basketball, well. if you like the nineties. It really, it, they, they do a great job of over 10 episodes of, of really tracking his entire career from yeah. him growing up. Uh, but, but they do it, bookending it inside of the season. So they track the season all the way through the playoffs and everything yeah. like that. But they, and they flashback to different yeah. things. It's really, it's really cool. It's well yeah, done. I love the flashbacks and how they tie it back to the story mm-hmm. and, and, and how you know, he's there in that sixth and final season, you know, that they, they won. It was just amazing. Um, yeah. And, and, and seeing all those guys that were there, just, you know, the interviews and stuff like that were just, it was just amazing. It was just incredible, yeah. incredible to watch. So there was a lot of controversy that came out after that too. Um, a lot of people that I think the media was probably the media playing on it and all that, trying to get yeah. you know people to click on things and whatnot. But uh, yeah. you know, Scottie Pippen being upset by the way, you know, he was portrayed. And but, anyways, I think it was outstanding. Just like you, it, it really, it really. If you like, I said, if you like basketball, if you like sports, if you remember Michael Jordan, it, it and, and actually, it, it's just a great thing to see the, some of the highlights and to recognize how much he changed basketball. And things yeah. like that. So, For sure. yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, man. Well, enough about us, right? So, so people don't. You know, I, I'm sure people do tune into this podcast to listen to a little bit about what we've been doing lately, but they really tune in <laughs> here to listen about some technology. Okay. Yep. So uh, today we thought we would talk a little bit about some of the improvements that Microsoft has been making and implementing inside of the Security and Compliance Center inside of Office yep. 365 and Microsoft 365. And so the first thing that I'll, I'll bring forth is to say, um, you know, one of the things that we're doing, they're doing is they're they are they're splitting the security and compliance center into two separate centers, yep. the security center and the compliance center. And there's a lot of reasons they're doing that. 
one of which is licensing, right? Because they are now selling a security license and a compliance license as opposed to their EMS license for the E5 level. Um, but it's also they're they're updating the experience and trying to make it simpler for people to be able to go out there and do certain things. And, and one of the things that I've always liked that Microsoft has done is this concept of the Microsoft Secure Score, which right. back in the day was this kind of number they gave you that get, kind of gave you an idea of where you were in relation to other organizations like yourself or overall in general. Um, and like, I think in the old days, it was like a number and you'd like log in and you're yep. like, I'm 24, right? But the average organ, you know, the average is like 19. So I'd say, whoo, I'm, I'm, I'm above average, right? But that's 24 out of like 500, yeah. Um, and, right. and but but what I've noticed and, and you brought up, Brian, is they made a bunch of improvements to this thing. Yep, and so sure. why don't we talk a little bit about the improvements that Microsoft has made the secure score and what it can do for you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the first thing to say really is, you know, customers typically don't act on any kind of breach or security incident. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're do or they don't act anyways until there is a breach or a security incident, right? So, sure. Where where do they go to find information on what they need to enable from a security perspective? How do they improve their their Microsoft 365 digital security posture? Right. I right. mean that that's really what Secure Score was designed for, and you know just a kind of a little bit of a history lesson. The original Office 365 Secure Score, because that's what it was called back in the day, right? Was mm -hmm. was Office 365 Secure Score? It came out in January of 2018. Oh, okay. so it's been it's been over two years that they've been working on this tool. Over two and a half. Background. Yeah, yeah, over two and a half at this point, right? So, um, and they've been working on this tool in the background, and obviously they've relabeled it Microsoft Secure Score. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of the things that they've changed, right, is really more around feedback from user voice and things like that. Um, the first thing that they did is, like you said, they, they've changed it to where it's now a percentage, right? Hmm. Rather than a score of 100 out of 500 or whatever, they've changed it to where it's now a percentage. Okay. And it's so it's, it's, it's zero to 100 percent. You know, you'll probably never reach 100% or whatever, but at least it gives you something that you can strive for, right? It's about the goal. It's about getting to that goal and improving your security posture over time. Um, they've improved the categories that they have now, too. They had these categories before, but they've added some additional ones. So if you remember, Secure Score, Office 365 Secure, secure Score had... Um, I don't know why I'm having trouble talking today. We'll work that out, I guess, eventually on this podcast, I hope. Um, it had the identity category, right? We had mm -hmm. the data category. Mm -hmm. We had devices. Yep. And then now the apps, and we have infrastructure. So for identity, we're looking at Azure and AD, Azure AD and getting those signals from Azure AD. So mm -hmm. do we have MFA enabled, you know, uh, yep. Do we have any risky logins, those sort of things? We have you know, the, the data side of it, information protection, so AIP and data loss prevention and those sort right. of things. And then the devices. So now this is new, right, because we have Microsoft Defender ATP. We can start pulling that signaling in 
um, to this as well. And the score is determined, you know, that helps determine your score. So each one of these kind of subcategories or these categories, I guess you'd say, has its own percentage that makes up the entire secure score. So in that secure score now is a, is a percentage. So that's one of the things that they've done. Um, another thing that they've done too is they've, they've made it to where you can actually integrate with like a service now or something like that. Okay. Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah. It's, that, that, that's cool in that as a, you know, security officer, I could be in service now and say, you know what, I want to assign these tasks to this person, this person, and this person. So within the secure score interface, I can assign those tasks. And then the admin that's responsible for implementing those things would get assigned to that in a service now, as well as get tagged in secure score for actually taking that action. Um, uh -huh. and then okay. So, so instead of it just being a bunch of things, here's yep. what you do. There's actually, they're actually putting some process and assignments around Absolutely. it as well. That's yep. good. That's really good. Yeah. And then you've got this planned, uh, you know, this planned tag that you can put on things now. I mean, I think they call them tags that you can put on different things on these different tasks. Really, it's a status, right? I mean, and if I say that I'm, I've planned for something, then that's where you can go in and show like a security officer or a CISO or something like that that, hey, I've got these activities planned and here's my projected score based on those planned, um, you know, those planned tasks. So Microsoft is doing the same thing that they used to where they're prioritizing all of these things. They put them into categories and these security controls, as you actually implement them, increases your secure score as well as you have the ability to go in and tag it as planned. Hey, I'm going to be working on this next month. So CISO, when I'm reporting to the CISO, here is what our our score will be once we implement MFA for all users, for example, um, something like that. That's and cool. then the, the real-time reporting is actually, is actually better too now. So um, when it comes to it's not just the dashboard view anymore that we had uh, with Office 365 Secure Score. We actually have a more of a business level type of view in a, in a, a business level type of report that we can use for reporting to the CISO and say, hey, here's our progress. Um, how can we benchmark things, uh, that sort of thing. And the other thing that's really interesting too is you, you talked about the ability to compare and contrast, um, yep. which is something that didn't come out with the product when it originally launched, right? That, that was kind of conceptual. Well, now they've taken that whole concept and it's in the product now. You can compare against an organization that is like yours in the same industry. Um, you can also customize you can customize the comparison. So I can have a customized comparison. So I can compare against the size of an organization or a license type or whatever whatever products are actually used. Um, I can compare against regions. So how do I compare in the States to somebody that's in you know, the UK or in Europe? So huh. some really cool things that they've done with the product. Um, and now at this point, it's a great way 
to have that that monthly or that quarterly report. It's usually better at a quarterly cadence for these security type of things, just because it takes it takes a while to implement things like MFA, depending on the size of your organization. Oh yeah, yeah. taking those reports and actually sitting down with the CISO and or whoever, or, you know, whoever the stakeholders are in, in the security posture of the organization and showing them progress. Um, maybe even showing them regression. Hey, you know what? We had these devices that had an old image that got deployed and they had old antivirus for a certain number of days. And the, C the CISO might say, why did we have a dip in our score here? Well, it's like, well, we didn't have the latest antivirus on an image that we deployed at one point. Oh. So there's some really cool stuff that you can do long term. Um, but what I'd, what I'd like to say about this and what I want everybody to understand is you improve your security posture over time. Right. This is not an overnight type of activity, right? So Microsoft has put this together and they've prioritized all of these things and put a point value next to them. So you can actually make, you know, a, a you know, kind of more of a, a quantified uh, decision on what you want to implement and and how it's going to improve your score. So I really like what they've done with Microsoft Secure Score, and uh, um, I use it all the time when I go into customer environments. Yeah. Say, hey, let's open up Secure Score and look at it together. That's and really cool. quickly, it's very quickly for me to go through within an hour session and say, you know what? If you enable this, 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 and this, I tag them as planned. Mm -hmm. This is how much your score is going to increase. No, that, that, that's really neat. I, I was, you know, while you were talking, I, I was kind of poking around in there a little bit just yeah. to see what you were talking about. And one of the things I noticed was, you know, by default, so um, it, it gives you a list of activities. And, and one of the things you have on there is this shared activity. Uh, share the activity, and you can share it to Teams or share it to Microsoft's right. Planner. And I was actually able to have it go and say, hey, take this particular task, assign it to Planner. And what's cool about that is it goes and creates the task in Planner, right? Yep. And then once it's in Planner, it, it, it has the basic information on there and also has the link to that particular task inside exactly. the Security Compliance Center, which means that person who is assigned that task can actually just click on it and it takes them right to that particular thing that we're asking them to go out and do which, you know, yeah. really makes a lot of sense if you think about it, that that ability for us to go out and actually, you know, resolve these things is actually, you know, that that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so, and the thing, thing that I've always loved about Secure Score 2 is it, whenever you look through those security controls and you actually drill down into them, mm -hmm. it actually tells you what that control is about. It tells yes. you what the impact is to the organization and your end users if you enable it. It tells you the complexity to implement. So how is it going to affect the resources in your organization? What attack vectors are we protecting against? Yep. So if I disable legacy authentication in the environment, what is that buying me? Well, you know, you're going to prevent 99.9% .9 of password spray attacks. Right, yeah. so it gives you that kind of information all within that particular security control once you click on it. So yeah, and the integrations there, like you said, with Planner and uh, Teams, and they also have the integration with the third-party uh, ServiceNow. And I think they've got plans for others as well, but ServiceNow mm -hmm. is kind of one of the industry leaders as far as you know, ITIL and, and those sort of things.
That's cool. That, that That's really amazing stuff. I mean, look, um, you know, in a future episode, we'll, we'll do the same thing. We talk about the compliance score that Microsoft has done, because yeah. now what we're starting to talk about, and, and there's some really amazing things that Microsoft's doing on that side of that. But you know what? We're going to save that for another episode because, I mean, you know, we, we got other, we, we, we have other things to talk about, like the one last thing, right? The one last thing. The one last thing. Do you remember what our one last thing is this time, Brian? What are we going to talk I do, about? I, I do not, you know, and I you think I always forget this part. <laughs> or, or and that's what makes it fun, right? That's what makes our podcast fun. It's <laughs> how forgetful Brian is. All right. So here's the thing. So there were two things we brought up with one last thing. And the first one was um, if you've been watching any of the playoffs in both the NBA and the NHL, which I think is hilarious that we're having the playoffs right now. And we're you know, this is about the time we'd be ready to start the next season. Right. Uh, but but that's OK. They're, they're doing these, these tournaments. But of course, there's nobody in the stands. Right. Yeah. And so baseball is doing the same thing. And with baseball, they're putting like cardboard cutouts out in the stands. Yeah. But I was I was uh, watching one of the NBA games and they were actually using um, something like the uh, the together mode in teams to get people to show up in the stands like they're actually like, you know, if, if you haven't seen this inside of Microsoft Teams, like we're in a meeting right now. If you have a right. number of people in the meeting, not just two, you can actually go turn on this together mode and it kind of shows everybody as a like they're sitting in a, a, a bunch of white chairs, right? And it keeps adding more and more of them uh, and, and everybody can see their yeah. videos simultaneously. And so they really were using something like that to make it look like there was people watching the, um, the, the, the basketball games, which I thought was actually pretty funny. But um, have you watched any of the, uh, much, of the, much of the games? I've, I've seen it, but the, what, what, what it reminds me of is we watched uh, America's Got Talent recently. Uh-huh. And they have a huge, like it's a huge set of just, it's like, I think it's one big giant television or, or mm-hmm. screen or something. And they basically stream all of these different people that are dialing in remotely via Zoom wow. or whatever they're using. Right. And, you know, the reactions from people and all of that, you know, when people are up there doing their act and that sort of thing. And they <laughs> actually have the sound coming through. It's, it's 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 pretty wild, but this screen is. I mean, there's probably a thousand different you know little video screens on the screen behind it. So that kind of like reminds me. We need to use that to play Xbox sometime. You know, yeah, exactly right. Little, we need play a little Halo, play a little Destiny, something like that. That'd be that'd be kind of maybe all nice. of our. You can put all of our podcast viewers on there. Oh, there we go. That'd be all all like one of them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so um, that that will bring us, I think, to the end of another episode here. Yeah. And uh, so, for the one of you that's actually like watching and listening to our podcast, we we appreciate you. Uh, but do do We're sign up. up. Uh, you know, you you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Spotify. And of course, SoundCloud is where we actually, you know, that's where we host everything like that. Um, and 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 look for us on Facebook, uh, fb.me slash Cloud Whispers. That's our email, cloudwhispers at outlook.com, uh, cloud, at cloudwhispers on our Twitter handle. You know, we'd, we'd love to hear your questions. We'd love to, you know, get some responses back. We actually did get a comment on on a, on a post on our Facebook page, and uh, I didn't quite get it because yeah. the person just said, not likely. And I was like, I'm not sure what that meant. I think so, it was nope. I think it was just N-O-P. Nope. Nope. Okay. I, I, I guess. I, I think he. I think he was in the wrong thread. 
I, hopefully he was not. He was talking about one of our comp- competitors' podcasts, not talking about our podcast, right? Oh yeah, exactly. He, he must have been on there. I'll, I'll keep. It. But hey, I figure somebody came to our page and actually right. interacted with us. That's right. So I'm counting that as a big win. For sure. <laughs> All righty, Brian. Well, you take it. care. Go out there and whisper to the clouds some. <laughs> I'll do it, man. You too. All right.